Recorded live. So welcome to our next call in the series of the practice of surrender. So just because we had a little break last week and uh, and the break was because my nephew, my my second second of my nieces and nephews graduated high school last Wednesday. So I was at, at his high school graduation, which was very cool. I, it's so funny because I'm watching. I was able to kind of see his face during the high school graduation, and I'm not sure he was even fully awake for his high school graduation. Meanwhile, I thought the student speaker, they do like a contest to vote who the student speaker will be. It's not the valedictorian. I thought the student speaker did a great job. I was crying during his remarks, and then they had an astronaut from NASA get up there, and he um, he shared a, a personal story about how he Joined that he knew from when he was little he wanted to be an astronaut, so he joined the Air Force Academy and then um, was discharged from the Air Force Academy for medical reasons, and he didn't explain what those were. And so his whole dream of becoming an astronaut kind of fell apart uh, in his, I believe, in his like late 20s, early 30s. And then he, uh, um, through some fluke, applied for the program or went to a doctor's appointment or something, and whatever they thought he had, he totally didn't have. And so in the meantime, he had gone to med school and become a doctor, which basically was the thing that got him accepted to the space program at NASA. And if he hadn't thought he had this medical thing, or I don't know if he had it and it disappeared, he didn't get into the details. But basically, this whole medical emergency made him choose a whole different career path, which has become a doctor, even though since he was a kid, he wanted to be an astronaut. And that becoming a doctor was what was the kind of deciding factor to have him accepted into the astronaut program. So talk about surrendering to life. His whole talk was about the hills and the valleys and um, to have a good support team around you and just to know that everything's always working out in your favor. And I thought, oh, this is going to be really good for my surrender call. So even though we weren't here talking, there was surrender all around us last week. So I have um, a couple of things to cover, but I'm going to – today's call is going to be not – terribly different, but slightly different. I want to share a story, or before I do that, I want to um, hear from you all. We were doing the the yes-no mind game for the past two weeks of, you know, saying you want something and then saying the opposite or just just doing the opposite of what your mind wants. So I'd, I'd love to hear from a few of you how that, how that went for you. Um, I played that as well and had some interesting experiences. I also did some of the Byron Katie worksheet, where I did the Byron Katie worksheet on a few different things, which also had some really interesting impacts on me. Um, so I want to hear from you all. Then I want to share my latest and greatest surrender story. And then we're going to really jump into how to do the no preferences thing in a very mindful and gentle uh, manner. And so I don't know if you all remember, for those of you who are on it, the call we had at the end of May where we kind of jumped into the no preferences thing and then we had all these questions about like, well, what, the, what does this mean in this situation and what about in that situation and stuff. So I have, uh, through a series of life events, kind of come to a new conclusion of what that no preferences really means and, and how to do it. So it'll be interesting to present that to you. I'd love to hear from you all what you think and then that is going to be our practice for this week. We're really going to take on that no preferences uh, dive in as much as we possibly can to really get get a taste of that this week. So before we do that, let me ask you all on the call, did you practice with the yes, no, how did it go, what happened? I'd love to 
care about the experience with you all. And you can type up in chat too and I'll share. Uh, so this is Catherine. Hi. I don't, I felt like I wasn't very good at it because I needed a reason for both. <laughs> like I'd be like, I am worried about that. No, I'm not worried about that. And I'm like, well, I'm not worried about it because that's what I am worried about. <laughs> so letting go of my rational side is a little tough. <laughs> <laughs> but even when you did that, when you did that, I'm not worried for these reasons and I'm worried for those reasons. Do you notice anything different kind of internally? How did that feel when you did that? Um, I felt like I was initially lying to myself when I did a reverse thing. Um, but then it was like, okay, no, actually I do have an opinion. It's, and it's this. Um, so that felt a little more like solid ground is the only way I'd say, I'd say that. Like I, I felt yeah. stable. <laughs> Yeah, no, and and that's that's perfect. That's, it was before I, you know, the week before when I was doing this, like it's really interesting how if you do both and then just sit for, I mean, I say a minute, but it's not even a minute. It's like 10 seconds maybe. Um, the clear next step is just, it's just obvious. And, and then I like that word, solid ground. It, it feels very like, no, this is just, no, it's obvious. Like I'm not unsure. This is obvious that I want this or I don't want this. So that's awesome. I'm glad you did that. All right, so Veronica is in chat, and she said, I practiced and it worked at times, um, especially when I remembered to use it. I felt the same way, Veronica. I, I forgot a lot of times and was like, oh, we have a good opportunity. Um, and it was hard to let go of the emotion. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. Did other people have trouble kind of letting go of, you're having a feeling and you're neutralizing, but the feeling kind of lingers, lingers on? even though your rational mind has neutralized? Anyone? We'll just have a silent call today. I didn't understand that question, Mom. So, you know, sometimes you can even come, okay, we've got people in, in chat saying yes. So sometimes you can even, you know, be like using your example, Kat. You can say, I am worried and I'm, or, and I'm not worried. And then you can come to the conclusion, well, actually, I'm not really worried, but still have the feeling of being worried, like your body's already started the emotional roller coaster of being worried or being upset or being whatever it is, even though your mind has now neutralized, it takes a little while for your emotions to to catch up with that. Oh, yes. <laughs> I experienced that. I experienced that too. Like I was like, wait, I've neutralized. Why is this still bothering me? So I experienced that too. Other other experiences with neutral? Did anyone use Byron Katie's to work on anything in the past two weeks? Did anyone give that a try? Um, Amina, this is Ruby. So I didn't I didn't actually go through the I didn't use the worksheet, but I read through it. So I I, I kind of used that technique, but without filling up the sheet itself. Like I didn't go through that process. Um, but I had an interesting uh, experience 
while we were doing this yes no and um because i was moving and all of that last week i was moving states and there's so much to do and i and and i remember saying to myself oh this is perfect time to surrender to you know the chaos that is around me and the worry of getting everything done and signing up for all the right things and being legally compliant and it was it was a lot and i remember doing this yes no and i and i remember that saying to myself right i need to kind of go with the flow and surrender and a very interesting feeling came over me um as i was leaving the apartment for the last time my previous apartment and i remember posting it on 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 the group page where it was literally i think it was you know 3 to 5 minutes amina of me i was i was having like an out of body experience like all of these things were going on around me there were things that needed to get done checklists to be followed and i was watching myself from another plane i it really was you know i was just in the action without really feeling you know good or bad about what i was doing it was crazy and it lasted Uh, you know a good 15 20 minutes as i was moving through all the uh, you know boxes being moved and me trying to rush to the airport to catch my flight out and handing over the keys to the landlord like all of this was happening but i didn't feel a thing it i was just it was just something i was doing i knew that you know there were series of steps that needed to be taken um and i know when i posted this on in the chat room not a lot of people felt that so i was i i don't know it was an interesting experience for me and it was beautiful because for those 20 minutes i completely relaxed i was just you know like i said an out of body experience and i was just watching everything just kind of fall into place and i was not worrying so i had like 20 minutes of absolute peace and detachment from all that the things that i needed to get done <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh, I can imagine that must have been blissful, especially when you are trying to do a there when there's a lot of tasks and you can be in that. Uh, you know what? I call that Ruby, I call that the being in the flow. Cuz <laughs> you are cuz you're moving, you're physically doing things, but it's almost like you just like it's almost like you're on autopilot, but it's uh-huh. it, which happens a lot, right? We're on autopilot mindlessly a lot. Anyone who's driven home from work you know and ended up in front of your house and going okay oh, i can't remember any of the last turns i've taken we've we've done stuff without being conscious with by being mindless but this is the exact opposite you're on autopilot but it's like you are 100% aware of everything around you while at the same time completely on autopilot so Absolutely. i like to call that being yeah <laughs> i love that And and if you get 20 whole minutes of that cuz that's like a, a a working meditation you're in a meditative state but you're accomplishing and that's happened to me a few times while I'm like you know really focused and concentrating on work where all of a sudden something that you know would have taken an hour or two hours like it's like I look down I don't know it it sometimes feels like time has stopped cuz I look down and I think I can't it's not possible that it could only have been 15 minutes cuz of how much I got accomplished in yeah. that time period Yeah. It seems so slow, but at this, you know, it seems like it's been hours, but when you look at the clock it's only been a few minutes. 
Yeah, it, it was an awesome feeling, I have to say. Um, it was beautiful. And and I don't know whether I experienced that that level of surrender and just move through actions. And I, I, I think and I'm and I try to analyze it as to why I experienced what I did. And I, I think it's gotta do with, you know, my other goal that uh, that I'm 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 focusing on right now that is reaching 108 sun salutations. That's that's where I'm what I'm trying to get at. And I think that as I'm becoming stronger and stronger and reaching those higher numbers with the sun salutations, I I have a feeling that it's really cleaning up my chakras and my energy like physically. So it, it yeah. opens up energy in a level in you know on a level that. I think that combined with what you are having the group to do, I think it's working, you know, I, I, anyway, I'm blabbing now, but I think that allowed me to have that experience of surrender, you know, the, the flow that you're talking about. Well, and, and that's, so Ruby, where you're at, I think is where all of us are. That's where we're heading. Cause if you, you know, if you think about Michael Singer, so when we talk, I'm just going to say this quickly, and I'm just going to go to the story because I'll, I'll bring this up again. But, you know, when you think about Michael Singer and what he did in the surrender experiment, and when we talked about at the end of May when we did the very first call where I just introduced the concept, there was a lot of, like, wait, so just whatever, like, I just do whatever comes up constantly. And I stopped and I really thought about it. And, you know, he was very specific about doing his meditative practice two times a day. And he was so committed to that. That was the thing he wanted most, right? And that actually, not even the thing he wanted most. That was the only thing he wanted. His whole story about how he moved into the woods just so he could sit in meditation for hours all day. I mean, that was his, his one goal. So for all of my law of attraction folks out there, he was really clear on what he wanted to have happen. And then a series of events occurred. And basically, if you really follow the series of events, they occurred in such a way that he could maintain his morning and evening practice. I mean, even there's a part of the book, I know some of you are reading it, I don't know if everybody is, but there's a part of the book where somebody uh, started meditating with him in the center mm-hmm. and he had a he had a, a plane or he was a, a, a commercial pilot. And so he was able to fly, as Michael Singer's company took off, he was able to fly him out in the morning and fly him back in in the evening so that Michael Singer could still be there on the land to do his morning and evening meditation. Oh, yeah. So, so when, yeah, so when we talk about this whole concept of no preferences, it doesn't mean you wake up every day and just go, you know, I'm completely directionless, let's see what happens. Though I actually think doing that for a day might just be a very interesting, you never know what might come up that interesting life experience. But he was not directionless. He was very clear in what he wanted his life to look like, which for him was yoga and meditation two times a day. That was his one and only focus. He he was not focused on building a center where people came and meditated with him. He was not focused on building a multi-billion dollar company. He was focused on one thing, which was that meditation morning and evening. And then the entire universe came together in a series of events to make that happen for him. So when we talk about the no preferences, it's it's not so willy-nilly. It's it's much more like I'm I'm really clear on what I want. There are some things that I'm just clear on reaching, but it is, again, using law of attraction. You truly let go of the how, and you truly are not worried about how it's going to happen. He was having to take these business meetings 
and somebody's like, oh, well, I've got my pilot's license. I can fly you in a – the house showed up. That was probably not the way he was – if he had sat down and used his rational mind to figure out how to do business meetings, that's probably not the solution his rational mind would have immediately jumped to or maybe come up with at all. So that's really what we're going to take a step into this week as we start to look at the, the no preferences. Um, so let me jump back just for a second to share my story with you all today, and then and then we'll we'll get more into that, more into the no preferences for the week. So I am, as you all know, a parent in New Mexico, and I think most of you know we have another group going on that I'm doing with Ming Chi on um, being present to serve, and it's all about manifesting money and how how Ming and I manifest money. So we're out here, and um, I'm on the wonderful family vacation with my sister and her kids and my other sister's kids. A couple of them flew out, including including the little high school graduate. And so through a series of very random events, I'm talking totally random, this woman offered my sister, my sister's talking about how we wanted to go camping. This woman said, oh, I have a cabin up in the, the mountains if you guys want to stay there. And all of us thought by the word cabin, I mean, we had talked about going camping in tents, sleeping bags. So when she said cabin, we're thinking some sort of a structure, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe bunk beds, something like that, pretty bare bones. Well, we pull up into the five-bedroom architectural delight, work of art, beautiful, gorgeous, fully furnished home up in the mountains, out in the middle of nowhere, nature all around us. And so the, the quote-unquote little cabin is actually a luxury home up in the mountains. So we're here staying in this, honestly, just this, this gorgeous place. And, and it actually, we're, we're down in Las Cruces, which is pretty far from all the places we wanted to go, at least a two-hour drive to almost all the things we wanted to see. And this cabin, where it's situated, would be a one-hour drive in various directions for everything we wanted to see. So it's just getting better and better over here. So the other night we're at the White Sands Monument here in New Mexico and we're driving home and it's it's not late, it's ten o'clock at night, but it's clearly dark dark out and uh my sister drives she has a big minivan and she drives ridiculously slow. And I don't think she's in the past ever since she's had kids, I don't think she's ever gone the speed limit. And I like to make fun of her about it. So I'm following in a car. <laughs> and the rest of your family makes fun of you for how fast you drive. <laughs> exactly. And I, I also, I, I don't think I've ever gone under the speed limit. So, I, I think ten over is, is pretty much at the speed limit. So I'm following behind her, and the whole time I'm thinking, God, I, sh- I should, I should just overtake. I have the address in my GPS. I should just, just overtake her. And we're on these like mountain roads and stuff. But something inside me, as, as much as I wanted to do that, something inside me was like, just can you just follow? Like just follow. Like, it's not a big deal. Just like slow down, enjoy the drive, it's fine. There are a couple of different times, I'm not going to lie to you all, that I was like, I could be doing this in double the speed. Now, I'm in a tiny little rental car. She's in a big, huge minivan. So we're going up these these hills and there's lots of twists and turns and, you know, it's dark out and all this other stuff. And uh, next thing I know, I've gotten really close to her, like almost no following distance. And I was like, oh, that's not good. So I slow down, you know, and give her a lot more space, and she kind of picks up speed. Like, she's almost going the speed limit. Not not quite, but almost going the speed limit. So now I'm pretty far behind her because I've slowed down, and she's kind of at the same time sped up. 
And the next thing that happened is the craziest story in the world. I don't even, I didn't even see it happen. It happened so quick. But apparently, where we're staying, there's a large elk population. I don't know much about elk, I do now. But these things are huge. So baby elk is like the size of a cow that you see on the side of the road. 500 pounds is the size of a baby. The larger ones are as big as her minivan. So these things are humongous. So apparently a baby elk comes out of nowhere, hits the side of her car. She had seen it but not quite been able to stop in enough time. So, you know, there's a collision, but she was, thank goodness, almost a complete standstill. It goes flying up in the air, comes down, lands on, luckily, mostly the hood of her car and a little bit on the windshield. If I showed you the pictures of this car, you would be shocked to know that everybody walked away completely okay. I mean, it's insane what happened. So she luckily can talk about just pure surrender. Coming down the mountain on the other side was a rescue firefighter EMT, not on duty at all, just driving in his truck. So he saw the whole thing go down. He immediately jumped out, made sure everyone was okay, and everybody was, thank goodness, completely okay. But it was a couple inches in a different direction, and that probably would not, very likely not have been the story that was happening. Not only that, the car still, it it looks crazy, but it still completely runs unbelievable after this. Um, The elk, unfortunately, did not make it. He... uh, we called the police, and unfortunately, they had to uh, shoot the elk because he was so badly hurt. It was kind of the, the kind kinder thing to do. And we're, like, sitting, I mean, talk about just, like, this whole, when Ruby was talking about being in this other world, I felt like that's where I went. Like, you're watching all this, watching this elk go flying, watch it land, you know, then I'm, like, so thankful that my sister's, okay and the kids were in the car with her so thankful that her and the kids are okay at the same time I'm like so concerned about the elk and I'm feeling all of these things simultaneously and it I don't want to use the word detached because that's not exactly the right word it's almost like I just was sitting back and and watching this my niece was really upset about the the elk she I don't think she fully grasped the whole accident part but she definitely grasped the whole an animal got hurt part so there was, like, you know, talking to her and calming her down. My sister's dealing with the police officer. The medic's, like, you know, doing his making sure everybody's okay. And all of these things are just happening simultaneously. And, of course, in the moment, that's all, you know, I was in the moment. And, and something like that really brings you into the present moment in a very different way. I was thinking about um, some of you know Carla White from uh, – she was in the Joy Challenge, too, and she's been sharing about how uh, – how there's been fires in in her town and her whole town was evacuated and she just recently went back in and I talked to her on the phone and she was like, you know, you just all of a sudden things you worried about get so small and they disappear and you're thinking, I don't believe I wasted so much time worrying about these things because it just, everything just gets really present and really focused. Well, it wasn't until later, obviously, you know, we made it back to the cabin and of course, this, this is the most interesting part. We had not seen one elk, much less knew there were elk in the area the entire drive. and We were eight miles or 10 miles maybe from the cabin at that point. Those 10 miles, I easily saw 50 elk, easily, easily. They were all over the place. So that's the other kind of amazing thing is they were always all around us, but we had no awareness of them being there, did not see any. 
and then all of a sudden they were just everywhere. So we drove back at like 30 miles per hour, and at this time I obviously clearly was following her because her car was pretty badly damaged. But this is the part that I find so interesting. I really practiced surrendering. I didn't think I was practicing surrendering. I wasn't like, I should, oh, look, I really want to go faster. I want to overtake her. I should surrender. I should use my yes, no. I didn't do any of that. There was just something inside me that was like, can you just chill? Like, just chill out. We're on vacation. You don't need to go. What are you going to do? Get in there five minutes before everyone else. Like, just, just follow along. And I will tell you that my car was easily half the size of her car. And had that been me, and I had I been going the normal speeds I've been going, and who knows? And, you know, had I been going earlier, I may never have even seen an elk. You never know. So that's not the point. But the point really is that there is something that when you just, life knows what it's doing, and if you just let go and flow with it, it will get you where you need to be. I mean, this is not a happy story. There's obviously, you know, issues with it. We're on vacation and dealing with insurance companies and estimates. But, you know, it happened the day that that morning I had rented a second car because I knew my other nephews were coming. And I thought, you know, it would just be easier if we have two cars so we can, you know, go do things at separate times or whatever. So just randomly that morning I had decided to rent a car. So it just happened at the perfect timing where we did have an extra car, where all these things kind of had fallen into place without us intending or knowing what was coming up around the bend. So that's my big surrender story because I started to realize, you know, there's a lot of times where I've tried to push the universe to make it go my way. A lot of times where, you know, even something as small as I was just right almost tailgating her at some point. And I was like, all right, you know what? Like, just lay back. And at that point, she sped up, and there was so much space that I had more than enough time, because she stopped short, obviously. I had more than enough time to stop and to also see everything that went down. So there's all these little things that happen when you're in that present moment and just allowing what is to be. So that's my powerful story I want to share with you all again happening less than 48 hours before the call when I was like, what did I talk about? Well, universe gave me something to talk about. And here's the great thing is she really needed a, a new car. She's been looking at new cars. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, this will probably work out in her favor of, of her being able to, to get a new car. So, and the fact that no one was hurt and I mean at all, like, you know, not even shook up because she was already almost at a complete stop. It's just, it's a miracle of a story. Ooh. All right. Any thoughts on that, on the story before I move on into our no preferences? I feel like there needs to be like a, a moment of transition. Yeah. Um, this is Sarah. I just wanted to share, I was just listening to an Abraham recording yesterday where um, they described how Esther had you know, just gotten a new van and she had this idea, oh, I'll drive the van down to Texas and see the grandkids and show them the new van. I have a couple of days. It was just like a crazy, like little thought in their head. And so she drives down and she gets a call from her neighbors. You know, there was a horrible storm at your house and the tree fell down exactly where your van had been parked. And so, oh, wow. you know, they were talking about that exact same thing, that when you're in that flow, when you're listening, when you're present, it's not like you'll be told, ooh, you better move that van, you know, but um, you get that feeling like you did of just, you know what, just just relax, just slow down, you know. 
Um, and I think that that sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we're looking for that. Oh, don't turn left, you know. But I, I don't think that's how we get the nudges. I think we get the nudge. Oh, just turn right, you know. Right. It's so. It's much more subtle than that. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that, Sarah. And you have to be open to it, you know, because I think mm-hmm. I've, I personally, and I think why I've taken this this topic on on a personal level is, I think I've been getting those nudges my entire life. But I'm like, yeah, I hear you. But this is what I want to have happen now, and I know how to make yeah. that happen. And I'm smart, and I'm capable, and I can work really hard. So I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna mm-hmm. plow through this. And you know, I've been very successful doing that. So it reinforces the behavior. But when I yeah. stopped doing it, I was like, man, I can be a lot more successful, a lot less painfully if I didn't push the universe and everyone around me to do it my way. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sharing yeah. that. Yeah. And I'll just share, like, my own thing, what, what you're describing is I'm recognizing I do it, like, certain times of the day. But then there are other times where it's like, no, I just, I got to get where I'm going, you know? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like I'll listen now when I need it, but you know what? In a, in an hour or two, like I got things to do. Right, <laughs> I've been there too. Like this is all well and good right now, but you really are going very slow. So I'm just going to go ahead and <laughs> move on. <laughs> yeah. I feel the same way. I feel the same way, which is why I think it's so great that we have this as a practice. You know, because that's been really that is what all these things are. So they're, they're just a practice. You know, we. Like I said, I met Michael Singer, and um, I think I shared with you all, uh, we said something like, oh, so can we can we stay on your property if we wanted to or something? And I can't remember exactly what he said, but he basically said no, like, right away. Like, mm-hmm. And then we the subject changed, and we were talking about something else, and then he literally went back, and he was like, you know, if you if you need a place to stay, of course, of, of course, you're welcome to stay here. It was just so funny because I was like, man, okay, this is the man who invented the surrender experiment, <laughs> and he still he still went with his gut, you know, when he said something. But it was it couldn't have been more than a minute later. I mean, maybe a full minute had lapsed before he came back and was like, oh, I had a preference. My preference was to say no. I'm not going to change my my answer. So. That's awesome. And if he if that's Michael Singer doing that, then Sarah, I think I think the fact that you and I even get it right once or twice is, is pretty darn good. <laughs> I felt very confident when he did that. I was like, oh, good. Your natural instinct still kicks in, and you've been doing this for years. That makes that makes me awesome. feel that makes that makes me feel like there's hope for me. <laughs> yeah, so so much more permission. Yeah, exactly. Um, Oh, Anne, I love what you shared in, in chat. So Anne shared in chat, intuition, higher self can be really powerful, but you need to know how to hear it and understand it. And I think that's, that's beautiful. And I think some of this no preference stuff and even this yes, no stuff will, will start to, just like Catherine, you were sharing, like, you know, you did the yes, no, but it was really clear what the answer was right after that. And I think I think as we start to neutralize the, the our quote-unquote true answer or what's in the flow of life or whatever language you want to want to use kind of bubbles up to the top, if you will. Um, yeah, I like Mindy. Mindy said, which is like understanding the distinction, I guess, between your monkey brain and your, your higher self. And it is two very different, different voices, but when you're in a moment, it's hard to hear that. Um, 
Okay, so let's talk about the no preferences. So this is what I want you all to take. Take this is this is the exercise I want you all to do. Step one: there are certain things that are your non-negotiables. So whatever that list is for you, and it would be great if you all to to play full out. Let me put this way: to play full out list out what your non-negotiables are. So, you know, we were talking in the in the first call, um, you know, what if I got a job offer and I really didn't want to take this job offer? If I'm doing no preferences, do I take the job offer? If there's certain things that are just a no for you, put those aside. We don't need to start with the hot, hardest, biggest, most challenging things in your life. That's not probably the most responsible way to start with these no preferences. So we've been practicing a little bit already this month on, you know, somebody suggests you go out to dinner at this restaurant. It might not have been the restaurant you chose. So you do the no preferences thing. You end up having a good time. You know, things things like that we've already been playing around with. So let's keep that level going. The, you know, the, one, the, the example I keep sharing, I want dessert, I don't want dessert, you know, or the no preference on, on a, I'm going to call that little things, quote, unquote, little things. Let's keep all of that going. So that, that stuff is just your, our base thing we're doing this week. Absolutely, we're all in. If it's something that's not going to impact your entire future, if you go to Mexican food instead of a steak place, let's keep playing that. What I'd like you to take on this week is something one step or two steps beyond that. So if there is something where you just, there's this like urge to do something, like, like kind of like my urge to go faster to overtake my like it was an urge inside me. I really want you to push back on that urge. Just choose one. If you can do one a day for a week, I think that will be very powerful. But really choose one and just push back on it. You can push back in the following ways. You can do the yes, no, right? That's a good way of pushing back because you'll neutralize it and then see where you end up. You can do the, if it's something bigger, you can do the Byron Katie uh, the work on it, and that's in your workbook. You can use that if it's something bigger. But just really sit back and say, you know what, I really want to say no to this opportunity just for practice, just for this week. What would happen if I said yes? And if this opportunity is going to commit you to something crazy for the rest of your life, again, maybe not where we want to start. But if it's like, uh, you know what, somebody's asking me to come help them move, and I really just don't want to go help them move. Like, I just don't feel like it. Well, you know what? It's not going to kill me to say yes and see what happens. Something like that. It's a little bit bigger than where we go for dinner, but it's not as big as a huge life decision. So the way that Michael Singer did this in the surrender experiment, a couple, couple of very key points there. Michael Singer got into the state that Ruby was talking about at the beginning of this call. He was doing yoga and meditation for a solid hour two times a day, two hours a day of yoga and meditation. I'm pretty sure if I was committed to 30 minutes a day of yoga and meditation, my yes, no, no preferences thing would be through the roof, much less two hours. So he was in a state where he had really quieted his monkey mind, as Mindy likes to call it. He had gotten that really nice and quiet so he could get into the juicy no preference state. So let's just recognize that if you are already doing, you know, some sort of meditative practice or yoga and meditation, that that combination, I've, I've read a lot about the fact that moving your body and then quieting your mind is a lot more powerful than just 
sitting and doing meditation. A lot of people who teach meditation first have you do some sort of uh, physical activity. There's a, a lot of um, kriyas that certain yoga styles use, etc. but just certain, like, move the energy out of your body, move that excess energy so that you can really sit with a quiet mind. So if you're already doing that, that's awesome. Keep that going with the no preferences. But if you're not doing that, just recognize that there was another very big step, a very big piece of the puzzle that Michael Singer was doing that we're not fully taking on here today right now. Um, I'm recommended at the beginning of the series to do just 20 minutes of, of just sitting every morning, preferably morning, but at some point in the day of just sitting in 20 minutes in silence. Um, so if you are able to take that on this week, in addition, that will, I think, superstar move this whole practice for you for the week. So absolutely doing the no preferences for anything that's kind of not a big major life decision, you know, anything small, where you're going to dinner, um, you know, somebody says, hey, let's go, let's stop here on the way to there, and it's going to have almost no impact on you, Then, and you really want to say no, then say yes, etc. And then something that's a little bit bigger. And let's talk about why it's just something that's a little bit bigger. So if you all have been reading Untethered Soul or have read Untethered Soul, what Michael Singer says in there and what you may notice as we did the yes-no exercise is all of your preferences come from past experiences. Let me say that again. All of your preferences come from past experiences. So you are in the present moment reliving a past experience when you have a preference because you really don't know if you're in the present moment and you really didn't have any past experiences if I said to you hey do you want to learn the hoga poga dance with me you have nothing to base that on you'd have to base it on am I a good dancer oh I remember in the past when I took a dance class oh I was so I'm so not coordinated blah 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 you don't know what hoga poga is mainly because I made it up but you don't know what that is there's no way of of, of making a decision on that, you'd have to base it on, oh, my gosh, it's a dance. I remember when I was in third grade and I tried to learn the hokey pokey and I felt flat on my face and I'm just going to say no with, any of, with, with that. And so that's where he really got into this no preferences because he wanted to, quote, unquote, heal all of the stuff from his past. He had made decisions based on life experiences that happened and he realized he's going to keep reliving the exact same life experiences until he made the opposite decision of them. The very extreme way of realizing you're okay whether you learn to do the hoka-poka dance or you don't learn to do the hoka-poka dance. It doesn't matter. You're going to be okay either way. You're going to be okay whether you fall on your place during the hokey-pokey or whether you win the award for being the best hokey-pokey dancer in the world. You're going to be okay either way. And that's where this whole concept of no preferences comes to. So if you get this feeling of like, oh, man, I, I, I really don't want to do this, I, I really don't, try saying yes just to see what happens. Now, again, it doesn't have to be the most difficult, hardest, biggest decision of your life. It doesn't have to be the place where you were, you know, if you've been really hurt in one area of your life, this isn't the week to do the no preferences on that. That might be something you build up to over time. I think it would be a very powerful exercise to try that. Today doesn't need to be that day. So just try it with something that's a little bit uncomfortable but not completely out of your comfort zone. Does that make sense to everybody? Absolutely. I love it. 
Okay, wonderful. And there's a lot of stuff in chat. Okay, so let me take let me stop here and take some questions and then I am going to after questions summarize what our practice for the week is and I'll also post it on Facebook and send it out an email for everybody to be practicing this week. Questions, thoughts, comments? Everyone get what we're doing? Absolutely, Amina. In fact, I was struggling with a question, and I wrote it on chat, but um, I was struggling with a question, and you literally have answered how I should behave for that particular situation. So I've decided I'm just going to have no preference to it and just say yes, and let's see what unfolds. I love that. I love that. And someone's high maintenance could be your low maintenance. You could be the perfect person for that. You, I mean, that's that's exactly what I thought. I said, you know, one person's trash is another person's, you know, treasure. Um, and who, I mean, this other coach that is, is finding that person high maintenance, you know, it's it's different energy with me. It's just about suitability. I mean, it could be anything. It could be that this person brings into my uh, experience you know, a new way to wield this energy of money that, you know, maybe we can partner together and wield it for her, but then I get to learn something. I mean, it could, it could be anything. I don't know at this point. Yeah. And I just put this in, in chat, too. I don't know if you guys are, like, there's something for me, and I think it's because I do like to control. I have a type A controlling nature to my personality. Something about this whole no preference, has, it just feels so freeing. And like I mentioned to you all, I'm here on vacation with my sister in New Mexico. And every day she's like, okay, well, where should we go for dinner? Well, should we go this way or should we go that way? And every time I just said, you know, whatever you choose, it's going to be just fine with me. Whatever, and, and trust me, you all have a preference. My sister and I are about as opposite as night and day. And so I, I have preference. I have lots and lots of preferences when it comes to what we should be doing and how we should be doing it and what timeline we should be doing it on. But there's been, it's been such a gift to me. It's really a gift to myself. I, don't, I think she probably notices on some level, but who knows if she does or not. But it's been such a gift to me to just say, okay, we can stay at the cabin if you want to stay at the cabin. We can camp outdoors if you want to camp outdoors. We can stay at a hotel if you want to stay at a I'm good with whatever you choose when normally I'm like, okay, this is what we should do this night, and here's what we should do tomorrow night, and here's... <laughs> I like to have it all planned out, like literally an Excel spreadsheet to the minute would be great. I'll give you another example. <laughs> Two yesterday was my nephew's 10th birthday, and I asked him uh, where we were staying at the cabin nearby. There was uh, a place where you could go and rent fishing poles and go fishing. I will say in all honesty, not my favorite life activity to do. However, it was his birthday. So I asked him, I said, hey, we can go to Roswell, New Mexico and look at aliens which, P.S., by the way, would be my highest preference. Or we could go fishing for your birthday. What do you want to do? And he's like, I really want to go fishing. And I'm like, of course you do. That that sounds great. So we went fishing. We had the best time. I was putting – I didn't put a worm on a hook, but they caught eight fish between the four of them, including the littlest. I mean, they were just having the time of their life. And I really just enjoyed watching – all of that go on. And then again, this is kind of Ruby back to what you started with. I don't know if time stood still. I don't know what happened. But <laughs> all I know is that we went fishing. We had time to go get a really nice lunch. And we made it to Roswell. 
And we made it back to White Sands. Oh, my birthday at the White. All in one day. I have no idea how we managed to do that. And at no point was I, even when we were at Roswell, the kids, you know, they got tired. And then we, they have a McDonald's there that looks like a, a spaceship. So we went and they played in the McDonald's spaceship thing. And I, I felt like, I mean, they, they literally were like, can we go now? And I'm like, okay, sure. So I just, it, it's amazing to me how, the less I try to control things, the more it works. Because I swear, had I planned it all out, it, something would have gone awry. And my energy would have been awry because, of course, things don't go as planned. But it just worked out so, oh my gosh. so beautifully. I love that. So, I love that. You know, oh, my God. That is so amazing, Amina. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, that reminds me. Uh, I think I read it on, with, uh, on an Abraham quote, uh, and I think she talks about you know, something very powerful about just releasing, you know, responsibility of thoughts of, you know, creating your moment, uh, your life moment to moment and just being in the moment and juicing up all the joy that surrounds you. Um, And I think that's what you're referring to when you say there is something really, you know, uplifting in just surrendering to the moment. Yeah, it re- it really is beautiful, and you know, there, it's a gift to the people around you. But I think the point I'm trying to make is it's just a bigger gift. It has my experience has been it's been a bigger gift to me to just wow. be able to do that. Questions? Any other questions on on what we're doing? Is everyone in? Yeah. Are we um, no preferencing it for a week? Go ahead. Yeah. Is that you, Kath? Yeah, I'm kind of in. <laughs> <laughs> I have an upcoming week with my parents, so we'll see how <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I could just be a fly on the wall for that. Oh, <laughs> Not that I have a preference, but if I could, that'd be fun. <laughs> okay. So does anyone have... Uh, questions before I just summarize all of the the potential practices for this week. Um, Amina, I just had one thing. Um, yeah, I was talking. Actually, I was talking with Dana yesterday about a, about a situation, you know, that I hadn't been in for a long time, and we, I was saying, you know, I don't know if I want to talk about that with other people, you know, not her, but you know, with a, a client because I'm afraid I'll go down that spiral. So when you said all of the preferences come from past experiences. Guess what happened last night? A person that is a rascal to me <laughs> forever. <laughs> She's always been a rascal, okay, or what, what do you call it, muggles, or whatever it is yeah. that you want to call them. Um, and every single thing that she's ever done to me came rushing back. And I think it was almost like we put, I, you know, we talked about it just briefly, and it was in my awareness, and it was in my vibration then. But I was thinking, you know, that's no big deal because I'm already over that. Well, no, then she texts me and, you know, I feel that she's always a manipulative person. You know, like it's like she doesn't ask you to do things. It's like, you know, you're doing them. (laughs) And I was like. She she worked them in such a way that you have no choice in there other than sounding like you're the bad guy. Yep. Yes, yes, exactly. I went to those last week, Mindy. Yep. Yeah. And, And so when you said that, that it's. All your preferences come from past experience because my first initial thing was, I'm not doing that. (laughs) And then I was like, 
now I have to do that because of what she just said, you know. <laughs> well, okay, so here I'm, I'm going to go a little bit off course here for a second and then come, and then okay. come back to the no preferences because I, I don't know that this is the one you have to take on, but I'm going to make I'm going to make a what I hope is somewhat compelling argument for why it might be a good one to take on. So everything that happens in the past comes back, and this is a spiritual principle here, comes back up until it's healed. So if you take it on now or you don't take it on now, Mindy, either way, it's, it's totally okay. There's no right or wrong answer in that. But yeah. it will happen again until you do take it on. And it'll be a different person, different set. You know, it'll look right. Right. What you what you and I were talking about today is all the same stuff. It's just dressed differently. Um, And the reason for that is until you get to the point where you are where where you need to get to the point of being neutral or not need to, but where what the healing opportunity is is to getting Mm -hmm. neutral on manipulative people. Right. And so I did the the Byron Katie thing on that. Oh, good. Yes, because my, my belief was my rascal has asked me, asked something of me in a manipulative way. And right. I thought, well, is that true? Or is it just the way that it came across on, on uh, texting? Right. Or is it just all those past experiences? I thought, oh, that's exactly what she means. <laughs> yeah. 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 So and, I, and, the so truth, and, and the truth is you'll never know. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the part that's so amazing is, especially, you know, if I say, um, if I say Joe is very manipulative, right, that is my, ex- the, what what I can say in absolute truth is my experience of Joe is that I feel manipulated by him. That's a true statement. But yeah. saying Joe is manipulative, I, I don't actually, I'm not in his head to know for a fact that he's manipulating me, right? I mean, there's no way I could ever 100% know. And I, I could take this even a step further half the time if Joe really is manipulative, he probably doesn't even know if he's manipulative. You know, half yes, of that yes. is no subconscious. So, and, so we could go really far with this. But but the point is that your experience of this person is that they're always manipulative. So it would okay. just be, it, it would be a fun exercise, in my opinion, because I'm not the one having to do it, but it's a fun <laughs> exercise, in my opinion, if you changed it and said, you know, this person's completely not, because that's what Byron Katie, the work is, right? This yes, person's yes. Not, uh-huh. not manipulative, and let me come up with all the reasons that they're not manipulative, and then let me interact with them, whether it was text or phone call or email. Let me interact with them as if they are the least manipulative person on earth, and then mm-hmm. see what happens. Well, this is what I did this morning. I woke up, and I knew uh, my husband probably, he was just like, just ignore it, you know? <laughs> And I was like, I can't just ignore it. So then um, I did talk with her last night, and I said, well, you know, I, I don't think I could do that, you know. And, and she goes, oh, never mind, you know. And so then this morning I said, I have, I have switched my schedule around, and I could do that for you. She goes, well, I've already told them that she's not coming, so forget it, you know. And I was like, okay. You know, I'll take your word for it. I'm not going to argue about it. Which is great. Yeah. Well, let me do it. <laughs> right. But at least I – at least I did come back with, uh, okay, this is what I can do. I've switched my schedule around, and I could do that, you know. So that's that's how I left it, but, yeah. You, you pulled a Michael Singer. No, you really? can't stay here. Well, remember, he was like, no, you can't stay here. Uh, okay, yeah, you can stay here. So you yeah. had your initial get response, then you sat with it, and you, you did this 
you know, had had a moment with it and, and so on. And at this point with this situation, I just monitor what's coming up. But I would I would just spend a few minutes every day, um, or not even every day, just maybe even just one time, just spend a few minutes thinking of all the ways she is not manipulative. All the interactions you've ever had with her. Yeah, but and but just just do that and only because it'll neutralize the word manipulative. Right. Okay. Right? Because what you don't want is more manipulative people in your life. And if you right. think a person as manipulative, you're attracting that's what you're attracting. I I'll just share one last story with you. So we went into the collision place for the car and then mm-hmm. they have an enterprise rental thing in the collision place, you know, so you get the estimate for the collision and you get your rental car there or whatever. So I really mm-hmm. have to show you all a picture of the car. I mean, it, it, the, the the hood looks like an accordion. Anyways, so we go to the, the, the guy to get the estimate, you know, he has to do for the insurance, he has to look at the car, blah, blah, blah. And no joke, he's like, I don't think you hit an elk. I think this was previous damage. And my sister's like, do you think I drove from Texas to New Mexico with my car? I mean, the windshield's like, it's like it, it's cracked in like a mil- like you can barely see out of it. It's so cracked. That's how bad it is. She's like, do you think I drove with two small children from Texas to New Mexico in a car that looked like, do you think I'm just driving around town? And he's like, you don't even know that people come in here all the time and they try to swindle us and they're, it's insurance fraud. And I mean, he like, I'm not kidding. It was like a five minute like tirade on people who come in here and try to cheat the system and stuff. And me and her are just kind of looking at him like, dude, an elk landed on our car last night. <laughs> I don't, we don't even know what you're talking about. Okay. So anyways, here's the part that's hilarious. So then we leave him. It's all in the same building, but we leave him. We walk to Enterprise Rent-A-Car to get a rental car, and the reservation had just come through in USAA, and they didn't have that size car available because it's a small enterprise. So then the guy accuses us of walking around the lot and seeing what cars they had available and then making a reservation for the car they did not have so that we could so that we could get upgraded. And then I was like, Are you kidding right now? And he was like, you don't even know. What? What do you say? I don't know, somebody is talking there. Oh, okay, so I hear some background. So then I was like, are you kidding right now? And his response was, you have no idea how people try to game the system. And I was like, okay, I don't know what's in your water here, but I'm like, no one's trying to game the system. Like, we got hit by an elk last night. Okay, no one is trying to game anything. It was, But it's just funny because once you see the world that way, there's just tons of evidence for it. And it just keeps showing up. So here you've got these yeah. two people who literally are, not trying to take advantage of anything, but it's like we're in this caught up in this whirlwind of, and then you know it worked itself because you know the universe has worked itself out. The woman whose cabin it was, her husband came, picked up the car, took it to his place. I mean, it like miraculously just worked itself out. But my sister and I stood there in both these conversations, like, are we in the twilight zone? Like, what is going on here? <laughs> so that's why you want to clear stuff like that because I actually thought I was like I'd really like to coach these two guys to be like I bet everyone who walks in the store actually is manipulative because you all are attracting or not manipulative that was yours Mindy but are trying to take advantage of you because that's the story you're telling about everybody walks in the door so I'm sure you do have a lot of those experiences and stuff so that's just another one of my 
my fun new <laughs> It has been a really good vacation, you all, even with all these crazy stories. We're, we're having a really good time. <laughs> More adventures with Amina. <laughs> More adventures with Amina. <laughs> all right, so let me, let me summarize. Well, let me ask one more time. Any other questions or thoughts before I do my quick summary? All right, here we go. So uh, bonus 20 minutes of just sitting, I'm going to say meditation, but it, it, it really is just sitting quietly and noticing your thoughts. And if you all remember back to the first call, see your thoughts float by like it's on a ship on the water and you just watch it float by. Float by. If you get onto the ship with the thought, come back over to the bank and just watch your thoughts float, float by. Meditation, if you have a meditation practice, whatever works for you, but just that 20 minutes of no thought, being in a no thought zone, that's the bonus. Uh, the second thing is keep up uh, keep up 100% no preferences in all the quote-unquote small decisions where we go to eat, somebody says, you know, somebody calls that you don't normally talk to or you wouldn't normally take the call, answer the phone, things like that. I mean, just anything that's not going to completely change the course of your life, really small stuff. Somebody asks you for the time, stop and give it to them, things like that. Use no preferences on something that's a little bit bigger than that. Again, not your biggest issue, not the biggest thing to take on, but where you're feeling like, God, I really want to say no in this situation, try the yes. Again, if it's not going to be, you know, commit you to something for the rest of your life or super emotional, just try the yes. And try to do that at least once a day for this next week to really get a taste of this no preferences surrendering. Um, And then finally, you know, that's, kind of the caveat, which is whatever is your non-negotiables, that's not where we're starting this week, you know. So if your preference is to go into work, you don't say, well, you know what, today I'm just not going into work. <laughs> I'm going to do the opposite of my preference. But just, you know, the, the parts that are the, the non-negotiables, leave those to the side just for this week as we get started on this. Even though they're not going into work part sounds like fun. That one you may want to do just for a day. So questions, thoughts? All right, are we excited? Yes. Love it. Love it, love it. <laughs> love it, love it. All right, y'all. Get out there. Don't have a preference. We're going to be back here same time next Wednesday, um, and I'd love to hear about your, your experiences, and then I'll be setting us up for our July series on the next call as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing you then. And um, post in Facebook, let us know how it's going. I'll do the same. And I will talk to you all next week. All right. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Thanks. Bye, everyone. Bye.